Well, good morning. I think the ushers are going to be going around with the, uh, with the offering basket here in a minute uh, as, as we're talking. They were wondering. They're like, when do we go? I don't know. Um, hey, before we jump into the message, I just wanted to uh, pray for all of our, our moms and, and everything. So, so let's do that. If, you're, if you happen to be here with your mom, why don't you, why don't you grab her hand or put your hand on her shoulder or let her know you love her. I know you do. Okay. All right. Are, are you guys, are you, are you hey, Bryce? I see your mom. You, you got to put your, you got to, you got to let her know. You got to, you got to reach over there and just hold onto her hand. Okay. We'll wait till Bryce grabs and holds his mom's hand. Okay. There we go. <laughs> I say we're going to take the offering. They're like, grab everybody's hand. I know. Sorry. Hey, let's pray. God, we thank you so much for, um, the mothers that are in our lives, um, whether they're the ones who birthed us or they've had a role in our life that's been like a mom or, or they, they became our mother through life, um, Lord, for the grandmothers and the aunts and the, and the people who are just like a mom's, would you bless them today? Would they know that you love them, you care for them, and Lord, would they be filled up today with the energy and the compassion and the love that they need to love those that they lead. Lord, we pray your blessing on them now in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So um, if you would, turn to all the way to Acts chapter 2. Um, we are in this series of Acts. We are in the fourth week, and we're all the way to Acts chapter 2. Um, if, but that's okay, because we're not in a hurry. So, uh, but there's a whole lot to look at while we're in here. Um, <clears throat> now, this was something that was very heavily impressed on me this week. And I want to say this before we read the text. Um, and it's this. As we talk about... You can't read Acts without talking about the Holy Spirit, okay? Let's just, and, and I said before, like at the beginning of this series, like it's, in some of your headings, it's called the Acts of the Apostles. Um, mine doesn't, mine just says Acts, but a lot of the versions say Acts of the Apostles. Um, but really, you could say the Acts of the Holy Spirit, and then you could, and then get technical and be like the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles, or, you know, and, and see this happen. But the book of Acts is about the Holy Spirit coming, it's about who Jesus sent to be with us. So you can't, we can't read, we can't do a series in the book of Acts without talking about the Holy Spirit. And this is what was impressed on me. As we talk about the Holy Spirit, Justin just prayed it a little, a little bit. Um, as we talk about the Holy Spirit, as we look at and examine the work of the Holy Spirit, we need to have an openness to the Holy Spirit. We need to have an openness to the Holy Spirit. And what I mean by that is that if, if someone, and, and this, might be, this might come as a little bit of a challenge for you. It may come as a little bit of conviction for you. Um, but if someone is resistant to the teaching and the work of the Holy Spirit, then you are resistant to the teaching and work of God. Because the Holy Spirit is God. 
If it's not possible for us to look at God the Father and, and be like, yes, he is, he is totally acceptable for, for my, for my uh, worship and, and my purpose in life. And, and you, you look at God and be like, okay, yes, God's acceptable, but then find the Holy Spirit maybe offensive can't do that. We can't separate that. It's not possible for us to affirm the work of Jesus Christ, what he did and what he said, and, and then turn around and reject the work of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do that. The three persons of the Godhead are one, and the Holy Spirit mirrors God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son. They are the Trinity. And so how we respond to the Holy Spirit reveals what we believe about all of them. Okay? How we respond to the Holy Spirit reveals how we respond to God the Father and Jesus the Son. And I think for many, many, many of us, Holy Spirit has been off to the side. And we need to we need to make sure that this whole section of our Bibles is about the work of the Holy Spirit. And we need to, we need to be okay with that, all right? So this is what, that was what was impressed on me to say, for us to think about, for us to ponder. Have I been resistant to the Holy Spirit? Have I been like, yay God, yay Jesus, but I'm not really sure about the Holy Spirit thing, or what does it mean, or what does it not mean? And, and we like to do a lot of like, what does it not mean, you know? So uh, I'll be quiet, and let's look at the text. Okay, Acts chapter 2. I'm gonna, we're going to start in verse 1 again. Um, and see what's happening. Okay. When the day of Pentecost came, side note already. See, we only got four words in. Side note already. Pentecost was not a Christian holiday. Pentecost didn't become Pentecost because of the Holy Spirit coming. Pentecost was already a religious holy day. It was a Jewish festival. It was the 50 days since Passover. It had to do with bringing wheat and things like that. And they, it, was, it was a Jewish day. And, and they were in Jerusalem. And it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. They were there for this festival. Okay. Verse 6, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? We don't understand that much, except we go, there are people from Galilee. But if you put it in our vernacular today, it'd be like, aren't, are not all these men who are speaking from the backwoods of Mississippi, right? I, I, sorry if you're Mississippi. That's just the example I use. I could have said Alabama. Um, <laughs> In Oklahoma, we say, oh, those people from Arkansas, you know, every state does it, right? We have a, we have a people. But it's like, it's like the rednecks, right? It's the hillbillies. It's your, this is what they're saying. Aren't not, are not all these men who are speaking hillbillies from Galilee? I, that's, 
And then it says, then how is it? How is it that these people who don't know much, who are not educated and don't know what they're doing, how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? And then he lists all of the places that they're from. Now look at verse 11. Last part of verse 11, this is what the people are declaring. We hear them declaring, those, those Galileans, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own languages. Some of your versions might even say dialects. Amazed, this is verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? And verse 12 is still being asked today, right? What does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? There are three phenomena that happen here in Acts chapter 2, in this moment, there are three things that happen, and they are, they're called phenomena for a reason. They are otherworldly, they're supernatural, right? You have this sound of, that sounds like wind that fills the house, okay? That's, you don't see that happening. There are these tongues of fire that appear to come and rest on top of each person, okay? That doesn't normally happen. And then there is this speaking in tongues where other language people hear it and go, I know what they're saying. Three phenomena. And of these three phenomena that we find right here, speaking in tongues is the only one repeated in Scripture, and it's mentioned about 30 times in the New Testament, mostly in Acts and in 1 Corinthians. So as we go on to this, last week we, we stopped with, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and I told you all could unclench because we weren't going to talk about the speaking in tongues part, but here we are today. Um, and so with this speaking in tongues, here's what I want you to do. I have, the, there we go. When you talk about speaking in tongues with the scriptures, okay, and this is, this is just what we find in the scriptures. There's, there's two things that this could mean. It could mean praying in the spirit, or it could mean the gift of tongues. When you look in the scriptures, you might see the term speaking in tongues, and it could mean praying in the spirit, or it could mean the gift of tongues, or sometimes you read praying in the spirit or the gift of tongues. But those fall under that heading of speaking in tongues. There's this very, there's a scriptural distinction that we find. All right, so let's talk first about praying in the Spirit. All right, let's talk about that because we're looking at, we want to understand what happened here at Pentecost. With, um, with praying in the Spirit, it's, it's seen, and we're going to look at several scriptures here together. You can go ahead and turn to Romans 8 to start us off. Um, but praying in the Spirit is this is interaction that it ha happens between a believer and God. It's praying in the Spirit. Um, you may have heard it as termed a prayer language. That's not, that phrase isn't in the Bible, but a lot of people will use that phrase. Praying in, in the Spirit is a term that Paul used to refer to a prayer that is not his normal language. This is what he says in Romans 8.26. He talks about how the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, 
but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Okay? So there's an, an audible sound, but it's, it's without a, an understandable word. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. In Ephesians chapter 6, I hope you will write these down and look at these later because I know that there's a lot of questions and understanding that we want to have. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, this is what we're encouraged to do. This is Paul, and he says this, pray in the Spirit. He tells us to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, Paul writes, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So we are encouraged to pray in the Spirit. Paul didn't just say, hey, pray on all occasions. He was very specific, and he said, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Jude in, well, there's only one chapter. It's just it's one book. But in verse 20 and 21, Jude says this. He, he talks about how our faith is built by praying in the Spirit. He says, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. All right, I'm hitting you with a couple examples here of the scriptural distinction about the speaking of tongues. There is a praying in the spirit that falls under the heading of speaking in tongues. Paul also shows this difference. In 1 Corinthians 14, and I want to read you from the Amplified because it's, oh, I just love it. Um, if, you, if, you are, if, you like, if you're a wordsmith and you like words, the Amplified Bible is a great Bible to read. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15. Here we find Paul showing the difference between praying in the Spirit and praying just in, in your language, your, your earthly language. He says, I will pray with the Spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me. That's the, the, the understanding of that. I will pray with the Spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, and I will pray with the mind using words I understand. I will sing with the Spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, and I will sing with the mind using words I understand. Paul wrote this, okay? Now, remember what I said at the very outset. Sometimes we're resistant to the things of the Holy Spirit. But see, now I'm going to... When you get to about this part of your Bible on, Paul plays a huge role in the rest of the scriptures. The New Testament that you and I read, his instruction to the church, his leading the church, how God has worked in his life, Paul. And Paul is the one who says, he tells us, I pray, with the, I pray in the Spirit, and I pray in my, my earthly language. I sing in the Spirit, and I sing in that. Paul talks about this, all right? So when a person prays in the Spirit, it's not just a, a jumble of unintelligible words or sounds thrown together for effect. They're praying from within and with the help and the work of the Spirit. Um. So, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, yeah, two weeks ago, I had committed during our, as we were leading up to Pentecost um, and our Come Holy Spirit, and we had our booklet, and we were 
people were doing devotions, and I said, I'm going to fast my lunch every day, and I'm going to meet out at the picnic tables, and whoever comes, great, we'll have a great prayer time. And I would go out there every day, and I had my Bible, and I had the booklet, and I had this other book I was reading, and I was ready, and, I, and it was an amazing time. The weather was wonderful, and it was perfect. And, some, and there were people there every day to come and pray. And I never knew who was coming, but there were people there every day to pray. And we had amazing time praying, not in the Spirit, but with the Spirit. We, we prayed in, in our regular language because there were several of us around. So we were just talking in our English language that we talk in, and we prayed, and it was wonderful. But I tell you that because, and, and <laughs> uh, I tell you that because when I went out there every day, prepared with my Bible and, and ready to pray. And I was excited. Like every day I was like, I can't wait till 12 o'clock. I was so excited for every day. It was a wonderful thing. But I can tell you this, if no one had come and it had just been me for that hour time spent there, I promise you that several times that week, if it had just been me alone, there would have been times that I would have prayed in the spirit. Now that's not something that happens to me all the time. Not, I don't, I certainly don't uh, pray in the Spirit when I'm preaching or teaching. Um, I don't think my husband has ever heard me pray in the Spirit before. It doesn't happen a whole lot, but it has happened. When I am so singularly focused on, on, on being in the presence of the Lord, and listen, that sound, that's easy to say, but you know what I'm talking about? When you are so singularly focused on being in the presence of God that nothing else distracts you, nothing else distracts you. There is nothing saying, you got to do this, you got to go get that, don't forget this, what about that? Nothing. You are so singularly focused and determined to just be in the presence of God. Several times in my Christian walk, I have prayed in the Spirit. But I didn't do it that week because there were people there with me. I was praying in the Spirit. I was, a, I was talking to God. And I know if you have questions about that, come and talk to me. I'm not trying to teach you all how to pray in the Spirit. I'm just saying it's what I did. According to Scripture, this is what I've done. So let's look at that uh, chart again. We have speaking in tongues, and we have scripturally... Paul saying, I, pray in, I, I, I will pray in the Spirit. I will pray in the Spirit. I will do it. I'll sing in the Spirit. And then we have over here the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues. Now, the gift of tongues is, is when the Spirit empowers a believer to give a dialect, an utterance, and a language that is to be interpreted by other people, by the Spirit. All right? The gift of tongues is what it says. It's a gift. Like many other gifts, it's given by the Spirit as the Spirit decides. Now, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to start in verse 4, and then uh, we'll jump down to verse 7. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, new church, they're trying to figure things out. And he says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different gifts. So we find out right away, there are different gifts. And one of them we're talking about today is the gift of tongues. Verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. All right? 
You're a believer. The manifestation of the Spirit has been given to you. That was the Pentecost moment when the Holy Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit filled those people up in Pentecost. And from that point forward, those who believed in Jesus Christ have received the Holy Spirit. So that's what verse 7 says. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. But now he's going to talk about these gifts. He says, verse 8, to one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits. Do y'all see there's a lot of gifts? Okay. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another, the interpretation of tongues. And all of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. They're gifts, there's many of them, and He gives them as He determines. So Paul is making clear that, that the Spirit hands out the gifts. No one goes to a store and goes, I want that gift, that gift, that gift, and that gift. Thank you, that's not a gift. That's not how you get a gift, right? A gift is given to you. You can pray for any gift, kind of like you pray for the, oh, Lord, I hope I get that new car. Uh, you can pray for gifts like we pray for, but, but the Spirit distributes the gifts. As verse 7 through 11 states, there are many gifts, and the Spirit distributes them. Now, Back in Acts chapter 2, okay? Back in Acts chapter 2. At Pentecost, what we see operating in the disciples, I'll read it again. Verse 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. At Pentecost, what we see operating in the disciples is the gift of tongues. They have been given this gift. It was given by the Spirit, and it was given for a purpose so that those from every nation under heaven, as Scripture says, every nation represented under heaven were there in Jerusalem. And it was there so they could hear the wonders of God being declared by, in their own language. That's what it says. Listen, divinely planned by God. Jesus said, the resurrected Jesus who was spending time with his disciples for 40 days and other new believers, he said, I want you to wait. Where did he tell them to wait? What city? Jerusalem. I want you to wait in Jerusalem, and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the Comforter. I'm going to send the Counselor. He's going to help you understand these things. This was divinely planned. Why not just go ahead and drop the Holy Spirit right there? As Jesus was leaving, the Holy Spirit just come on down, but he said, no, wait. This was divinely planned because people were traveling to Jerusalem to celebrate the Jewish Holy Day of Pentecost. Every nation under heaven was going to be there as the Holy Spirit came and the gift of tongues were given to them so that they would, would declare the wonders of God and then those people would go home and never speak of it again. No, that's not how that happened. That is the only thing those people talked about probably the rest of their life. Grandpa's talking about Pentecost again, right? Oh, that time he went to Jerusalem. You know, we always got to hear about Jerusalem. Like they, they talked about it. These people went back. This was divinely planned by God. When he said this message is going to go out, 
You're going to be equipped to go out into Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to end the earth. This was already happening. They didn't have to get on a plane or a train or a car. The, the, the nations were brought to Jerusalem, and this already began. This was a divinely planned moment for them to hear the wonders of God and take that home because these were devout people. They loved God, but they weren't, they didn't know about, hadn't heard about Jesus. And so this was a divinely planned moment. Fifteen different nations, give or take, represented there at Pentecost, there in Jerusalem. About 13 to 14 different languages, about three to five different dialects of Greek, spoken by a bunch of hillbillies. And the God-fearing people from all the different countries said, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Now, when you talk about the gift of tongues, you read that over in, in 1 Corinthians. You go, well, what about the gift of interpretation? Well, everyone that heard was able to interpret because they heard it in their own language. It was, they were their own, the audience was the interpreter. Now, here's what Acts chapter 2 does. It shows us the difference between praying in the Spirit and the gift of tongues. Praying in the Spirit and the gift of tongues. With praying in the Spirit, a person can initiate it. Paul encouraged us to practice this as often as we pray. Pray in the Spirit all the time. Pray in the Spirit. With the gift of tongues, the Holy Spirit initiates it. And, and you can only do this when the Holy Spirit would prompt you to do so, as we see in Acts chapter 2. With praying in the Spirit, the one praying is the main beneficiary. With the gift of tongues, uh, other people are the main beneficiary, as we see in Acts chapter 2. With praying in the Spirit, you are talking to God. With the gift of tongues, God is talking to other people through you, as we see in Acts chapter 2. With praying in the Spirit, no interpretation is needed or expected because God is the intended audience and He knows whatever it is you're saying or praying or singing. And with the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation is given so that people can understand the message and, and receive the benefit of, of what God wanted to speak to them. So there's a distinction in the Scriptures between praying in the Spirit which is encouraged of all believers, and the gift of tongues, which is a gift given to those who the Holy Spirit determines. Paul wrote so much on this, and he practiced what he preached. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18, he says, and it almost sounds kind of like, kind of braggadocious, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. I mean, he had just gone on kind of this rant of, of the purpose of speaking in tongues and, and that it shouldn't just be noise and it shouldn't be a distraction in the church. Um, but he says, but he tells us, I speak in tongues. He talks about how he prays in the spirit. He prays and, and then he also prays in his regular language. He had already told us that. And so we know that Paul, the one who many of us, we've, if you, you got your Bible, you go through and you've highlighted a whole, a whole bunch of things that Paul has done and said. He says, I speak in tongues. He goes, he goes on in verse 19, he says, but in the church I'd rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. 
So there's praying in the spirit, and there's the gift of tongues. And all of these fall under different terms. You have to kind of do some word study when you read your scriptures about speaking in tongues. It can mean praying in the spirit. It can mean exercising the gift of tongues. You need to kind of do a little research and go in depth there. Here's what I want to tell you as we look, and we're, we're in this Acts study, right? And we're talking about how this Holy Spirit came and those people gathered there were given the gift of tongues and it was for a purpose. Listen, there's a purpose for the gift of tongues as we see here in Acts chapter 2. There's also a purpose for praying in the Spirit, which I shared with you several texts on the purpose of that. It is for us to, to praise God. All of this, speaking in tongues as the header, praying in the Spirit, the gift of tongues, all of these are about equipping. All of these are about the mission. What did the people say when they heard their language? They said, we hear, we hear them uh, declaring the wonders of God in our own language. That's the purpose. The purpose is for no other reason. And I think for many of us, the, the hang-up, the hesitation, maybe some of the, the stories we could tell in regard to speaking in tongues and, and, and the, the, how the, that forks off and what it means, we have hesitation about it because perhaps it was practiced, carried out in such a way where it didn't seem to be about equipping the church or equipping the saints or sharing the gospel. And it didn't seem to be about any mission other than, as Paul said, unintelligible noise but what we look at in the text and that's what we're looking at friends the text there's a purpose this is about equipping this is about mission this is about declaring the wonders and the works of God this is about knowing the heart and the mind of God I mean, how absolutely wonderful would it be for each and every one of us to make the time, to make the space, to be so singularly focused on our God that we would know his heart and we would know his mind. It, it's a purpose. That's what this is all about. This is, this is what I guess I do want to say is if it's just about personal experience or goosebump feelings, then we're missing the point. Just looking at the text. Watchman Nee, who is a prolific writer and a church leader in communist China, he said this, the Holy Spirit has not been poured out on you or me to prove how great we are, but to prove the greatness of the Son of God. That's what it's about. That's the purpose. That's the mission. That's what we're equipped to do. And so as we continue in this series in Acts, and as we move along, the Holy Spirit is the main working character in this, the, 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 the one who is moving and, and inspiring and teaching and calling people to ministry. 
And Porch Community, I just want you and I to be someone who we, we haven't fallen into a rut where we're like, yay God, yay Jesus, and I don't really know about the Holy Spirit. Study the scriptures for yourself. Read the Bible. Be open to know God in all of his fullness. Because we live in this era where those in the Old Testament had prophets and kings and, and those who would show up occasionally and even these, these amazing, you know, uh, spectacular like light and sound uh, impressions of, from God. And then and as you go into the New Testament, they had Jesus in the flesh for 33 or so years, but just three of those were his ministry. You and I live in the era of the Holy Spirit. So we should know him. We should know him. Would you pray with me? Lord, we realize, okay, it's, I say we, y'all, maybe it's just me, but I'm going to pray we in case you happen to land in this, okay? Lord, we realize that, that when we're resistant to the work of the Holy Spirit, we're resistant to you. We're resistant to you. It, it's not possible for us to, to find you acceptable but be offended by the Holy Spirit. And if that's the case, Lord, we need to confess that and repent of that. We need to own that. We need to bring that before you right now. It's not possible for us to affirm and, and thank you for the forgiveness of sins of Jesus Christ and then to ignore the Holy Spirit. So we ask you today for a present tense faith, not a, not a past tense, not a closed book, but a present tense faith because past tense faith, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't meet us. Father, if we have been limiting the Holy Spirit's work in our life, would you make that known to us now? Would you, would you break that barrier within us? Would you give us an open and an expectant heart right now? Lord, we worship you. We praise you. You are Lord of heaven and earth. And with you, Holy Spirit, what we know, what we read here in Acts chapter 2, that there is new power, there is new freedom. Your kingdom is here. So Lord, would we lay down our old flames <laughs> to carry your new life, your new fire today. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen.